Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I'm Illegal86, and I've, as ever, I am joined by Nerd Bomber and Tactic, my two favorite co-hosts, and also my only co-hosts. I mean, there's it, there's not much competition, but I think if there was, you would yeah, guys would still be my favorites. Picking a favorite amongst the two of you, I'm not going to do, but I'll say the two of you are, are, are my favorites. Nerd Bomber, who do you think is a better co-host, you or Tectic? Definitely me, because if we had to do an arm wrestle right here, I would lose. So that means that I'm less focused on my physical acumen and more focused on being a good co-host. That was like a prepared answer, <laughs> and I didn't prepare this question, and it also was a very interesting answer. Counterpoint, Tectic, why are you the better co-host? I am not the better co-host. I would say that Nerd Bomber is the better co-host because a good co-host is humble and isn't narcissistic and full of themselves. Oh, jeez. We have a great episode lined up for you guys today here in 2021, second episode of 2021, and some very 2021 news, all positive, I think. Nothing, nothing negative here. Of course, we have to talk about this Deadpool 3 news, which broke the day that we're recording this. Uh, we have to talk about Nickelodeon on well sorry the NFL on Nickelodeon I was going to say Nickelodeon on the NFL which is also kind of true but we're going to talk about that whole experience and of course we have to talk about Hitman VR which broke last week so we're going to start with Deadpool because that seems like the I don't want to say the biggest deal I mean Nickelodeon's a big deal Hitman's a big deal but guys this is Deadpool 3 this is specifically this is Deadpool A keeping an R rating B moving to the MCU now there's a lot to digest here the facts of it are this i'll run you through them very quickly i have an article in front of me from polygon this is going to start filming in 2022 which probably means it's not going to happen until late 2022 or 2023 2023 for us ryan reynolds is involved he is overseeing the script process of course he's going to star he is not officially writing i don't think he's i'm told that he's quote unquote overseeing a script and that's coming straight from kevin feige uh, the writers apparently are are from Bob's Burgers, which I've never watched. As I said, Ryan Reynolds is overseeing the process. This, of course, coming because Disney acquired 20th Century Fox, and it be- became then unclear what was going to happen with X-Men and Deadpool in particular with regards to the MCU. But this is, I guess now, you know, confirmation for us that Deadpool is coming to the MCU. And there's just, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, I am a big fan of the Deadpool movies. I believe... At the very least, Tactic is as well. Tactic, I'll turn it over to you in a second. But there's a lot to unpack. I mean, an R-rated MCU movie, for one, even t- casting aside the Deadpool stuff, is going to be a, a big move. How Deadpool interacts with the rest of the MCU in the way that he's done, most commonly with, with Wolverine, and very briefly with a cameo from the rest of the X-Men in Deadpool 2, there's a lot of potential there for, I don't want to say crossover, but I'm just curious how they're going to handle that. And Tactic, I don't know if you know or if you have a sense of it, or if you want to talk about any other aspect of this, I'll shoot it over in your direction. So opening him up to the entirety that is the MCU, in my opinion, opens him up to some of the Deadpool duos that we've really known to love, or groups rather. So the first one, obviously, that is probably without question is Deadpool and Spider-Man. There was the animated Deadpool and Spider-Man adventures that was fantastic. But what, in my opinion, this, this opens us up to is introducing also Wolverine into the MCU. I think we've already seen tons of call-outs to Wolverine and various breaking of the third wall when he mentions Wolverine and things like that. So in my opinion, this is going to segue into that introduction as well. Not to interrupt you, but do you think they would do that? Because, I mean, Hugh Jackman basically... It's not going to be Hugh Jackman. Right, but I mean, the the... Deadpool references to Wolverine reference the Hugh Jackman version of Wolverine. So just like from a continuity standpoint, do you think they would do that? That's the beauty of the breaking of the third wall. It allows them to do that and not even skip a beat. He's going to say something like, oh, I thought thought Hugh Jackman was playing you. And and people will just accept it and it'll work perfectly. And that's why I think this is the opportunity to do it. Number one, because of that dichotomy between those two characters. But number two, because they can just slip on a third wall, third wall reference and call it a day. And so if any, and fourth wall is the the term you're looking for, by the way, I I do agree that if anything, it's a, it's a benefit that Hugh Jackman is going to be gone. Certainly not a benefit for the character of Wolverine, but a benefit for the character of Deadpool and that, that's a joke that I could write, right? I mean, the first time Deadpool meets whoever the next Wolverine's going to be, he can look at the camera, break the fourth wall, and say, really, this is who you replaced Hugh Jackman with? You know, that that, that kind of thing. There's infinite possibility there for that. I, I need to clarify something for myself, though. Wolverine, I mean, 
Wolverine's arc ended. I, I know Logan was like kind of treated as like extended canon, not really a part of the mainline canon. Uh, I loved Logan. To me, unearthing Wolverine when Hugh Jackman played him in like a dozen movies and like gave him a very full arc. I don't know. I, I get why they would want to, to unearth him for the MCU, but I don't, there's a lot of problems surrounding that to me. Whereas Deadpool is a much less trafficked character. They can get a lot of mileage out of him. The Wolverine reboot, I'm not sure about. I definitely agree. I feel like it's weird because obviously Hugh Jackman, I mean, Logan was a few years ago now at this point, but it still feels too soon because it's not even like we're talking about Batman where it's rebooted or even Spider-Man where the same actor only plays Spider-Man up to three times before they get the boot and it starts over. Hugh Jackman is literally the face of Wolverine and has been for over a decade and lots of movies. I mean, the same could be said for Tobey Maguire, but we very quickly accepted Tom Holland. Right, but it that can was, be done. That's that was three movies. three movies. And there was Andrew Garfield in between for what it's worth. But I get that as a counter argument. But I just, you know, on top of the of the Hugh Jackman centric complaint, I, I like the ending they gave to the character in Logan as well. But like, let's talk about the rest of the X-Men for a second, because yes, Deadpool kind of, you know, in, in the first two movies, he's worked on his own, but there's an entire cast of mutants that in theory comes along with him, right? And that raises, like, is this going to be a multiverse thing is my first question. Is well, there's also be... the X-Force where he's got his cool white costume. That's another group that he was part of that they could introduce. There's infinite possibilities. And and I still think you could do it right with Logan, but I mean, we can move beyond that. It's a narrative challenge is my point because when people like Deadpool show up, when people like any of the other X-Men show up in the MCU, the first question that any cognizant audience is going to have is, well, where the heck were these guys for Ultron? Where were these guys for, you know, the attack on New York? Where were these guys for Thanos, of course? Oh, for sure. That's when I think the multiverse is going to come in. I mean, we know Spider-Man 3 is going to be ushering in some kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, not Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange 2. Although also maybe Spider-Man 3, there's a lot of talk about the multiverse and how it's going to become more of a multiverse. Is is this going to be like there's a separate Earth with the X-Men on it and then everyone interacts across Earths? Uh, That's a comic book thing, is it? I think Deadpool was around when Thanos was going on because he even made a Thanos reference with respect to Cable because it's the same actor and he yeah. broke the fourth wall and made that reference. Yeah, I think pump the hate breaks Thanos, I think is what he said, yeah. That's what makes this so interesting and that's of course why we're talking about it is there, I, I have no doubt that given that Ryan Reynolds is continuing to be involved, given that Kevin Feige is involved, I have absolutely no doubt, especially given the R rating, that this is going to be a success. And... I'm sure if they're announcing this and if, you know, if they're moving forward with it, they have a plan. But it is mind-boggling to consider I think Deadpool is, is going to take place after the events of Thanos. And that's why he can reference it, but wasn't there to fight the bad guys, so to speak. But, like, I, mean, I just, I don't want it. I This is going to sound super whiny, and I feel like this is, like, total first-world problem thing. Yes. But... Deadpool felt like this weird little, it was a superhero movie, but not connected to any major universe. Like it was kind of tangentially, but it just was a superhero movie you could go see and it was kind of self-contained. And I liked that. And I don't want it to be rolled into the MCU. I just don't. I don't care how well they do it. I like my self-contained movie. Leave it. Here's here's another example. So I think you're right, first of all. I'm, I'm back and forth on this, but... I think as far as him showing up after Thanos, and if anyone can provide an explanation for where were you when Thanos happened, it's Deadpool, because he can do it in a very tongue-in-cheek way, he can do it in a way that the audience will laugh and then forget. Whereas with the rest of the X-Men, that's going to be a, a major problem. That's one thing that you can kind of write off. But another scenario that I foresee, think about Endgame for a second. Think about the scene that everyone's going to remember, the scene where all the portals open. Spoiler alert, but I mean, if you haven't seen Endgame at this point, what the hell are you doing? All the portals open and all these heroes come through and they get their little moment on camera. They get to show off some fight moves, whatever. They get a couple of lines. If you put Deadpool in a scene like that, in one, assuming there's going to be another iteration of the Avengers, assuming it's it's this tent pole where all these characters show up, he's going to have to show up in a way that neuters him. That's just a fact based on, you know, MPAA constraints. They're going to want to make movies that are applicable to everyone. They're not going to want Avengers Endgame 2 to be rated R. So what do you do? is an interesting question i think there's a lot of potential i think they could do this in exactly the right way but that moment you know not to any fault of ryan reynolds 
or anyone involved in Deadpool itself is going to feel strange. Tactic, you understand what I'm saying? He's not going to be able to be his full personality uh, in as he they can. progress. This is going to be an introductory and maybe yes, maybe no, right? Maybe this is going to introduce him, but segue him off into his own thing again, because he can do that. I liked your analogy of leverage the alternate universes to introduce him and then just say, okay, see ya, do your thing. Take him away. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't want to act like it's an insurmountable problem. They can certainly put him in an Avengers movie and he can show up and say, they told me I'm not allowed to swear. I'm like being able to break the fourth wall is an incredible crutch for writing that character right because if there's anything the character should do and normally would do and can't do they're allowed to turn to the audience and say i can't do this because kevin feige told me not to or you know something like that so and that that could get a laugh or two and then when he gets back to his movie he can say all right i'm glad all that crap is over you know f this f that (laughs) whatever other crap he wants to say you know, which has me circling back to this is this is a good idea. But I do understand what you're saying, Nerd Bomber, which is Deadpool and Deadpool 2 had a very good thing going. And it's important to remember that they were, you know, he even said, I'm going to go be over here without the X-Men for the most part. And X-Force did crop up in Deadpool 2. But like, he was even separate from that ecosystem. So to now put him into a bigger one is, it's a move for sure. I, I, I don't know. It's I'm, I'm back and forth on this. One thing I am hoping is that Domino comes back. Because I love Domino and Deadpool too. I would love to see her involved in whatever the character does next. And she was like, because Tactic, you mentioned X-Force. She was a part of it. That was X-Force, right? In Deadpool 2. I don't really remember too well. It wasn't the traditional X-Force. But the it was kind of their own X-Force. But the other thing that I want to mention with regards to him and his teams, quote unquote, is at his heart, he's not a hero. He's a mercenary. He does what he does. So he doesn't even need to be in a different dimension or he could be in his own place and he's just going to be like, guys, I'm bound. I'm not doing this one. You're on your own because he's just an asshole. That's him. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point too. Then that that hasn't, that's been explored in the first two movies to a very limited extent. I, I think especially in Deadpool 2, he was very, especially at the beginning, he wasn't super invested. He was basically just saying, okay, I'm going to be here in my corner. They can figure this out. But then he was kind of forced into it. And yeah, that, that could be an interesting dynamic for to be brought to the MCU where typically everyone's just a good guy who wants to do good things. I don't know. I feel like it's a net positive thing for the MCU. I also understand what you're saying, though, Nerd Bomber. You know, I, I think I said that before, but it's very appealing to keep him in his bubble where, you know, even X-Men wasn't really touching him. They had a great thing going. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. There's not much more to say on it. I mean, uh, anything else to add before we move on? I mean, it's just, you know, we're going to talk about this again. I have no doubt. No, I mean, I'm just, like I said, and I, I don't want to harp on how bad that this a decision I think this is, but I do think it is because I just, I feel like he's going to get lost in the crowd. Deadpool kind of stood alone. He was almost like the anti-MCU portion of Marvel movies and there's just there's so many different characters to keep track of and i feel like he's just gonna get caught in the mud and that's not a saying at all caught in the mud is not a saying i just made that up but it's gonna happen to him he's gonna squelch around in there yeah i I mean it's gonna hinge on the multiverse right i i think given how many characters already exist in the mcu and how many more they're looking to add how they do things with the multiverse is going to be absolutely critical and it's clear that's a that's the linchpin of their plan i mean we've again we've heard it mentioned indirect response to at least two movies on their upcoming slate doctor strange and spider-man 3 so you know how they do that's going to be critically important i I don't know what exactly their plan is i'm sure we won't know for a while if ever until the first of those movies comes out but i think it's just the latest that i think you know the multiverse really comes in is 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 with how they're going to handle deadpool so we will see but in the meantime of course we live in a land of speculation nerd bomber's not feeling it Tactic, it sounds like is feeling it. I feel like I'm pretty. I am felt by it. You're felt by it. I'm pretty lukewarm on it, but this is the land of takes, the Twitter sphere is. So head on over to Twitter, hit us up at Online Warriors One, at OW Lady Six, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber. Let us know are you pro Deadpool in the MCU? Are you anti Deadpool in the MCU? Or are you kind of indifferent? Do you not like the MCU? Do you not like anything? Do you not like Deadpool? 
What do you like? Just anything. Just tell us. We're I like to... cheese and turtles. We should talk about cheese. We should probably have an entire episode devoted to cheese at some point. And turtles. That's uh, no, not, it's not this episode. Turtles, I don't know if I could talk about for an hour, but with you two, I could probably talk about anything for an hour. So maybe we'll test it. That might be a secret segment at the very least. Either way. Yeah, take a subject and see how long we can milk it. Yeah. Can you? And also, can you milk a turtle? You probably can. I well, feel no, like they're not can, mammals. You can milk, you can milk, milk anything, milk. right? Not a turtle, though, because they lay eggs. Yeah, they're not mammals. I think I think for you to be able to milk something, it has to be a mammalian, but you can also milk nuts. So, because they have like almond milk, and I still don't really know how that's done. They have hemp milk. Anyways, talk to us about milk on Twitter. I don't know. Talk to us about whatever you want. This started with Deadpool, but it's ending with hemp milk. So, that's how this show goes sometimes. Let's talk about the NFL. And first of all, special announcement for the listeners Nerd Bomber and Tactic and I are in a weekly fantasy league where we draft players and compete to see who has the highest score every week. And the winner gets four bucks, just, you know, as it were. Ask ask us on Twitter or just aloud to yourself right now. Ask ask who won this week. It was me. It was me. <laughs> it was me. I did win a rare, a rare blaze of glory. So I just wanted to toot my horn there for a second. But it's it's playoff time, more importantly. Fantasy football aside, it's playoff time. You know, teams are living and dying by the wins and losses in this stage of the season. And whether or not you're a big football fan, something interesting happened this weekend in that the NFL decided in conjunction with CBS and Viacom to broadcast one of its games on Nickelodeon. And I did not watch, I, I watched chunks of this game, but I watched it on CBS with the Romo Nance broadcast team. I did not watch the Nickelodeon broadcast. I have seen some highlights from it. I've heard nothing but good things about it, to be perfectly honest with you both from children and adults <laughs> for what it's worth like I, I actually think that so first of all did you guys watch the nickelodeon broadcast at all i did yeah and it was phenomenal i honestly it, thought I, it was our cable provider messing up <laughs> i've seen highlights and you know if you're wondering what we're talking about when players scored touchdowns there were these like large digital they weren't real but slime cannons just shooting into the end zone shooting digital slime into the end zone superimposed on the field there was like exclamation points over drew Brees' head and like young sheldon explained that was that was the best part it it was you know it might not have been the best thing nickelodeon has ever done but it was the most thing nickelodeon has ever done i mean in terms of like throwing child-oriented production value at it Based on what I saw, they knocked it out of the park. And I also heard that Nate Burleson was phenomenal. Let me expand yeah. on, on what they had young Sheldon doing exactly. He wasn't the actual announcer of the game. He was who they called in to analyze the specifics and penalties and things like that, similar to what happens on an actual NFL game, which, I mean, this was an actual NFL game, but it was fantastic that they replaced, oh gosh, what's his name? Gene Steratore? Gene Steratore with young Sheldon. I thought that was just an amazing decision and it's it's for me it's an exercise in brinksmanship because i think 99 percent of the time when people hear young sheldon or hear about young sheldon they're not into it right i don't know how that show is still on because i've heard nothing but bad things about young sheldon i'm just gonna throw that out there but it's they they used him in the right way and the uprights when they were kicking field goals there was a big giant spongebob in the middle of the upright like i mean they literally they went all out with the spongebob references they went all out with just it was geared towards a younger audience, and I think that's really cool, and I think this is not the last we've seen of it. I hope this isn't the last. This is one of those things where when I was a young kid and I was a young football fan, I mean, I was definitely at the mercy of my dad and my brother and sister teaching me what I was seeing, and let's be real. Football is a kind of confusing sport. If you is, are not yeah. familiar with American football, there is a lot of, like, each flag if you don't understand the nuance of what's happening, it doesn't really make sense to you. And the fact that they were able to present it in such a way to kids that was easily understood and made it fun. I mean, I think it's great. And yeah, it's all kind of a marketing ploy, but who cares? It was fun. I liked it. it, it it's a gatekept sport, right? There, there, There's a high barrier to entry, I would say, with football. In terms of, I, mean, I grew up with football. I've been a football fan my whole life. I was raised in a football family, so I understand watching it. But I can imagine it, watching the first game. There's a lot being thrown at you at once. So you know, to create an entry level kind of thing like this Nickelodeon broadcast, where they're not just color commentating the game and showing you what happens, but they're also telling you this is what this is, this is what that is. When it's necessary, here's some historical context. It's a brilliant idea, and I was glad to hear that it was a success. 
I do like Nate Burleson. And I've, again, I've heard really, especially sterling things about his work on the, in the broadcast booth. But I do want to mention, <laughs> I don't want to call it a gaffe because that's not what it was. It was, it was well-intended by everybody. But they put an, a, a poll online to choose what they were calling the MVP, which is the Nickelodeon version of the MVP, Most Valuable Player. And there was this little trophy with like the Nickelodeon blimp on top of a slime tower they were going to give to the winner. And <laughs> the winner was Mitch Trubisky. And they also, when they announced him as the winner, they pronounced his name wrong. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that clip. No, I didn't, see, little, I didn't notice that they pronounced his name wrong. They called him Mick Trubisky, <laughs> which like... <laughs> Oh, sorry. It's really funny. Poor kid probably didn't know what the guy's name was, but that was kind of a gaffe on their part. Never look, never leave such an important award and an important, don't leave that up to people online because it was probably a bunch of 30 year olds like me. Not that I would do this, but probably a bunch of 30 year olds being like, you know, it'd be hilarious if the losing quarterback who frankly didn't play very well, won the MVP award, this new MVP award they're giving out. So that's kind of funny. But I mean, Sean Payton, the winning coach got slimed that was cool. Like actual slime, not digital slime. It just seems like a really cool thing. And I think, Nurbomber, I know you're a hockey fan. I saw someone comment, other, other sports should be doing this. And I think the NHL in particular is looking for anyone, any network to, you know, have their games on and let people watch the games. Oh, absolutely. And- I think this would be a great way to get more people involved and just make it more fun. I mean, baseball is the number one sport in America, I think, still technically. But there's ways to make and I'm I'm a baseball fan and I played softball growing up, but I love going to games. I cannot for the life of me watch on television. I just I can't do oh, it. It's, it's so boring. And I really think golf is more interesting. I'm sorry if you're a baseball fan, oh, but watching brutal. baseball on television. Golf is more interesting because golf like You're watching a bunch of guys standing around whacking a ball. Come on. Hey, Even the uh, the on. announcers have to stay nice and quiet. Just have you ever it. okay have either of you ever played golf it is it's hard the most impossible sport like like baseball i get that it's hard but like baseball like a lot of the guys like aren't even really in shape and like they're just swinging at a ball golf is like you have to like under, understand like wind and like coriolis effect like all this crazy stuff and like it's still just like incredibly hard so like i, I don't know i have more respect for that i think it's more interesting to watch having played it but anyway, we're we're getting away from the point. But I would I would think most most major league sports would want to get in on this thing the NFL is pioneering, which is put the sports on younger networks so younger people get more involved in the sport and get into the sport. And the problem you know, is cable anime. providers would ruin that because so? hockey's a great example, right? Is that ever on Fox or or CBS or any of those channels? No, it's on NBC. I thought it was always on MS, MSN. Uh, MSG, MSG, I think is what you're thinking of. MSG is a regional network, though. It is a regional network. A- and Nurbama, correct me if I'm wrong. NBC does play hockey games, right? Like specifically during the playoffs, I think. But they, they do it. Yeah, they will. They It's usually just during the playoffs, but they do have it on like MSNBC or not MSNBC, NBC Sports. Now you've got me putting an M in front, on, on the financial version of NBC. They play a lot of hockey games. <laughs> They're cutting out. At, well, MSNBC is that you're thinking of CNBC. MSNBC is like Rachel Maddow. That's like yeah, no, it's like NBC CSN, NBC Sports Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do think that there's there's a world. I don't know what point you were getting at, Tactic, with the Fox and CBS point. I mean, I would think I I don't I don't know how the business arrangement works. I don't know if NFL went to Nickelodeon was like, we will pay you to put this on your network. I doubt that's how it went. If anything, I bet Nick probably went to them and said, we want to, you know, we want to show a sports game. It probably got more people to watch Nickelodeon because, again, I think there are probably a lot of looky-loos who are like our age who are like, I want to see what this is all about. And then they stuck around because it was genuinely entertaining. I don't know. It's 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 a very interesting thing. I think it was worth us mentioning that I think we all thought that it was pretty cool. But yeah, NFL and Nickelodeon, consider it a successful experiment, I would say. So we're going to move on to our final piece of news. But before we do, we're going to take our break. And of course, before we take our break, I would be remiss i gotta put that on a t-shirt or something man you know that that should be and by the way we do have new merch i don't know if i am i allowed to shout that out on the air absolutely why not we have new t-shirts guys we'll put some info on twitter i think we probably already have but if we didn't we'll put it out there we should get some t-shirts that say i would be remiss and see if anyone buys them (laughs) but if you want a t-shirt that for tactic it should say diy 
let's get right into it. And then Nerd Bomber's slogan is... Do I have a slogan? That's a, that's <laughs> a ahead, weird slogan. <laughs> tell, tell us what your slogan is. I honestly, um, like, I don't know. Do I have a slogan? That's it. It's it's a picture of you going, do I even have a slogan? <laughs> I think I want your slogan to be uh, intellectual observer. Or no, sorry, observer slash intellectual from the... <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of a deep cut, but that was from a few episodes back when we had, actually when we had Ben on the show. So I'm trying to shout out Ben here. That's what I started and I, I got stopped because I said I'd be remiss. But uh, our good friend Ben Checkness has been a producer for the show for a while now. And as a result, he gets access to the monthly secret segment. He gets access to the monthly vlog. And of course, he gets this producer shout out and input into our game segment, as well as the occasional guest spot. And Ben gets all of these things because he is a producer on the show and he supports us on the night level of our Patreon, which is the top most of the three levels. There is also a Squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also the page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. If you want more of the details on that, if you want to get back to the show, if you like what you're listening to, first of all, thanks for being here. Second of all, we would super appreciate any support. It helps us to continue doing what we do, bringing you content. You can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thanks again to Ben. I would be remiss if I did not shout him out. We're going to head to a break now. Shout out a sponsor and we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about the news. Specifically, we're going to talk about Hitman VR. So we'll be back in a few. Today's episode is brought to you by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients. A disruptive notion that sparked their creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo, to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better, informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10 or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world. One act, one snack at a time. All right, we're back to talk about Hitman VR. Now, specifically, we're talking about Hitman PSVR because this was just announced. So Hitman 3 is going to have VR capability, essentially, is, is what the announce was. And they announced it in the form of a trailer. We'll be coming, to, before anyone asks, we'll be coming to Steam and PC in 2022. But Hitman 3 is set to be released January 20th. That is less than a couple weeks. Well, it's basically a couple weeks away. Let's talk, we should talk about this trailer. So the funniest thing about this trailer by far, and the trailer's not designed to be funny, but... The piano. The piano was funny, but I think the funniest thing about it was the very first thing they show you doing in VR is just wiping a counter with a rag. <laughs> like, like, this is wax it, on, wax off. You yeah. gotta do what you gotta do, man. Find that inner and, you peace. Know, <laughs> it, it, it's not long until, you know, you put the rag down, pick up a knife and get down to business. But I just, I thought that was a funny way to start. But there's a lot. I mean, the funniest thing I thought was the squiggly limbs on one of the guys he took down. And, oh, and the guy, I, the the guy yeah, that had virtually no bone structure. Well, there was, was also the, the guy, bed. it might be the same guy, but there was the guy who he shot him and he very, very slowly fell off a cliff. The ragdoll physics in this game are, are pretty, pretty, pretty special. But yeah, I'm here. For there that. was a lot, you know, there was the him tapping the guy on the shoulder and the guy turns around, he just punches him in the face. It's like, all right, you didn't need to tap him on the shoulder. You could just punch him in the back of the head. But it puts it emphasis looks, on it. It looks so fun. It looks funny and it looks fun. And I, you know, I have to applaud I think this is IOI, the people who make Hitman. I've never played a Hitman game. We talked about Hitman a while back, not that long ago on the show. I applaud, you know, graphically speaking, this does not look like the most polished thing in the world. It looks it like a PlayStation support, game. Yeah, like it, it doesn't even support move controllers. It looks like it's fairly bare bones in terms of like graphical immersion. Wait, I didn't but see it, that it didn't support move controllers. I have that in front of me on Upload VR. Oh. It doesn't support move controllers. It's going to use the motion capture for the DualShock for everything. Interesting. It doesn't have move support yet. They might add it for all I know. That's kind of but, a big deal for me though. So like I was super hyped about this entire thing, but the move controllers was kind of a big, like when I think about playing super hot VR, part of what makes it awesome is the fact that you have hand motion and you can move your hands like crouch and do crazy things and your hands move independently and it was the same thing with the is it london heist the oh the mafia no, game that was on the demo disc well there was there's another one that i've been meaning to buy blood and truth which i haven't bought yet I haven't played london heist either i first of all super hot vr if you haven't played that if you have a psvr and you haven't played that 
stop listening right now i don't even care stop listening and go and go buy it and play it it's worth any amount of money fantastic game one of the better shooting games i played on the vr the only other the only other contender is a uh, farpoint vr which i really enjoyed but yeah i don't know i mean doesn't look like the most graphically accomplished game it doesn't like you said I, you know the move controller the lack of move controller support might be a big factor for a lot of people and understandably so but i really appreciate it looks like based on the way this looked like it played there was a definitive sacrifice of those kind of things for we're just going to have a lot of fun with this it looks like a lot of fun it looks very bare i mean think about how much fun you have playing you know i'm playing you know super mario sunshine right now on the switch which you know it doesn't have the best like polygons or whatever but guess what i'm having a hell of a time so that sort of thing doesn't always matter and i don't maybe they didn't embrace that as fully as i'm implying but it just kind of seems like they were like we're going to add vr support and you know we don't have the manpower but we're going to make it really fun and you know the rough edges aren't going to matter as much but i don't know i mean i don't know how you guys feel about it but that was that was my overarching take on it is i don't even like hitman but i would certainly buy this and play it just because it looks like a fun yeah the graphics weren't a showstopper for me it was no it was, it's more i agree with nerd bomber that the move controllers are something that makes me take pause but i mean so, i'm sure it would kind of be fun anyway it's just it's one of those things where i would rather go out and buy blood and truth which i have not bought or played yet either before i play this just because the move controller thing is i feel very critical i feel like part of the immersion with vr like the graphics don't really bother me because like we said super hot was fun and that's literally it's just black and white people yeah red people and they're literally polygons like the graphics are literally polygons it is not Mm -hmm. a polished like the graphics are not like photorealistic whatsoever and that was a blast and i think part of that is because you really felt immersed physically from a physical standpoint your physical actions were relayed on the screen so yeah. that that's going to be my major hang up. That said, though, I think this looks like a heckin' blast and I want to play it. And I don't use yeah, my v- PSVR enough and I want to. VR is an interesting design space as, as a video game designer, I imagine, because given how much, you know, just the sheer amount of visuals that you need to render people can look in 360 degrees you probably have to sacrifice graphical quality right i don't i can't think off the top of my head what the most graphically polished vr game i've played is but frankly it shouldn't matter it's probably not the 360 degrees that would sacrifice graphics it's probably more you're not only trying to render things but you're trying to render things around cap image that's captured and trying to minimize latency so it's probably right Right. To in, or, in order to minimize latency, they're reducing the graphical quality. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because you have the, I do, the, I do, the, yeah. the, the ray tracing, ray tracing. Yeah, we know we know technical terms here on the show. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I do think that gameplay should take a front seat. And, you know, my recent VR perspective, by the way, is I'm, I'm also playing Star Wars Squadrons, which is kind of a different thing. You know, in that sense, having a DualShock makes a lot more sense than having a move controller. So you don't feel pulled out of it using a DualShock controller. anything, you feel pulled into it using a DualShock controller because you're just steering a ship, right? But I can imagine, you know, again, g- given my experience with Farpoint VR, where I used actually the, the full, like, rifle controller and then Super Hot, where I used the move controllers, I can see you losing a bit by only being able to use the DualShock controller. Well, especially, like, when um, you think about when you're an assassin, I feel like a Hitman type controls is probably really similar to super hot because with one hand like you could open a door and with the other like stab a guy in the neck or something you know what i mean like i feel like there's a lot of different two-handed abilities that you could pull off that would be super fun to do in vr the move controllers are they look ridiculous but they're a, a pretty good design right because the other thing about them is, think about how many, how many times in this trailer you see someone punch somebody you, you see the guy punching somebody imagine punching someone with the move controller you're probably just holding down the trigger and waving it like a wand, right? Now imagine doing that with a regular controller. You will look and feel like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? I mean, I, I don't know if that's... I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. It sounds like I was. It sounds like neither of you knew, and I have the article in front of me saying that it's not going to have move controller support. Nonetheless, I still think it looks really cool. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And pending the price point, again, I'm not a Hitman fan by any means haven't played any of the games but pending the price point it's certainly something i could see myself having a good time with so i don't want to like get us off track or anything but one of the things and i feel like we don't talk about psvr enough considering we all have psvr and the entry point and i know there's the oculus quest 2 the wireless quest is out there that you don't need a computer and it's only 2.99 and i get that and it's out there but you can't play all of the games and the libraries a lot 
I don't know if it's a lot smaller, but it's a little bit smaller than the PSVR. The PSVR just has a bunch of good titles. And I feel like we don't talk about how awesome it is enough. But I will say, since we talked about football today and we're talking about PSVR, there is a really cheap football game that I think you should check out. Well, wow, it's not really that cheap anymore but it used to be when i bought it uh but it's called 2md vr football and you're basically you are playing against a bunch of pylons dressed up as football players and they come at you and you are the quarterback and you get to like draw up plays and you literally are in the quarterback's helmet tossing footballs and it's a lot of fun so definitely i know this is like not news or anything like that and um, we're in no way sponsored by this game but if you like football i mean you're not going to stand there and play it for a really long time but i think i paid 2.99 for the game and it was a lot of fun and i almost broke a move controller <laughs> hitting it against the ceiling so i would play so you were throwing a football and your follow-through you hit the ceiling oh yeah i mean it's so it's full disclosure it's 12.99 now i just looked it up I would play anything for two ninety nine. First of all, <laughs> that's, I feel like that's something I have to say. I would pay pretty much any play pretty much anything if it costs two ninety nine. I did not know about this, and I think it's a perfectly valid. It's it's good show content for for any PSVR listeners out there, but also just for my own benefit, I might, I might check this out. I have a significant enough game backlog, but this is kind of a different thing, right? This is yeah. kind of just you go and you dick around, and that's like getting back to the Hitman thing. That's kind of what this is too, right? Like I would use this Hitman thing. It can't take itself too seriously, right? I think a lot of VR can't take itself too seriously. You have to have this mindset of I'm going to go in here and I'm going to dick around because that's what VR is good for. I think in a lot of a lot of senses because especially when you think about so like I have a problem where I do get motion sick and I don't really get motion sick in like cars or anything like that but in VR I will get motion sick and especially if it's like free walking that that's another thing that I was actually wondering how Hitman is going to pull off because one of the things that game devs do for VR is they have teleportation transportation so that you don't have that feeling because when you're in VR your body gets really weirded out and your brain gets weirded out when your body's not actually moving in real life but it sees you it seems like walking you are, yeah. and it seems like you are and that's one of the things that throws me off the most and gets me really feeling nauseous and sick and a lot of what the hitman trailer looked like was that free motion walk around and I feel like that would nauseate the crap out of me and teleportation I would I'm interested to see if they're going to implement that or make that a setting at all too because that's kind of That'll important help. but that said i think these small bite-sized experiences like 2md and the things that you go in and to quote illegal you just dick around in it's better because shorter chunks of time you tend to not get sick as easily because you're only playing for like half an hour you're not in there for an extended period where then you're going to come out and feel super nauseated see i it's so funny as far as the teleportation thing goes i have to disagree like if you get motion sick from it, obviously you have no choice. But I, so far, first of all, don't play Farpoint as much as I just recommended it. Farpoint, you're walking around, so you'd have a hard time. They don't have um, teleportation options in it. I don't. That I'd have to check. I don't think so. But my experience with the teleportation is Doom VFR. You ha- pretty much ha- you don't have to use the teleportation, but they pretty much force you to. And I, it's really rough on me. Like Doom is the VR game I have that I could probably handle playing for the least amount of time because that teleporting around actually makes it worse for me. It's, you know, it's probably different strokes for different folks. Well, but I feel like that's got to be so fast because so many well, enemies it, are coming at yeah. you. Like you probably don't have time to sit still before you have to teleport to the next area. It's, it's not well suited for the combat. Yeah. It's, it's doom had a tricky a tricky task in front of them in terms of making their game vr playable and they did a decent job and it's it's very difficult though i will say that it's also very hard and maybe it is hard because of the teleportation but that's that's interesting you feel that way before we move on i just want to make one final note about vr i said dicking around in order to dick around guys you don't need to be a dick you also don't need to have a dick i just want to okay write that public service announcement write that down everyone at home tell your kids tell your wife tell anybody we're going to move on now to what are you up to Wednesday? I'm going to go first because I have a I have a, a hefty slate of things. First of all, Tactic Nerd Bomber, did you guys watch Defending Jacob? I feel like you might have talked oh, yeah, about it. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. He did. No spoilers. I'm like, I don't know how many episodes there are, but I'm like four episodes in. Very into it. Really enjoying it so far. It's exactly the kind of show that Hayes and I like. So really getting into that. We watched Queen's Gambit in like three days or something. I don't did know how you long love it was exactly. 
it was really good. I, I have to say, I was bummed out and it got a lot less interesting when I learned that it wasn't a true story. Because <laughs> for a decent chunk of time, I thought it was a true story. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. And then when I learned it wasn't, I was like, oh, okay, well, now it's just someone telling a story. <laughs> I, I don't know. That kind of took away from it for me. It's, it's still really good. It's top notch. You should watch it if you haven't. It reminded me that I wish I was really good at chess. It's one of those things. It's like chess and, and card magic are two things that I just like, man, I wish I was good at that. It just seemed you like such a cool a thing magician? to be good at. Yes. I yeah. frankly still do want to be a magician. I think it's one of the coolest things in the world when like America's Got Talent has all the magicians on. Are you the I, kind of person that watches any kind of show ever and you see someone that's good at something, you're like, man, I want to be that guy, no matter what it is. I'm incredibly um, impressionable, I've found. I now currently want to be really good at karate. I don't know. So we're going to talk about karate uh, later, actually. I, I don't know if I'm that, if I would go that far with myself, but there's certain things, and chess is definitely one of them. So, like, watching that show, I was like, man, like, I'm, you know, and they're, you know, they're very accurate with how they portray chess. They talk about specific moves and defenses and all these things. And it's very, like, there's parts of it that are very textbook. You know, you're kind of learning about chess. And it reminded me that, A, I used to like playing chess. I, like, I own chess set. Like, I know how to play. And B, I wish I was really good at it. So that was something that happened. That, those are a couple of things. The other thing is that I managed 120 stars in Super Mario 64. So I am now on to Super Mario Sunshine, which I'm finding is a lot harder. And I was having a hard enough time with Mario 64. Tactic, I know you're a Sunshine stan, if I remember correctly. Did you ever, like, 100% this game, or did you beat it, even? I believe I told you this, that all of my Super Mario Sunshine playing was at a friend's house. So it was impossible for me to 100% it. I'm trying to think. Someone told me that Super Mario Sunshine is, like, one of their number ones. I know we talked about Sonic last week, so it must not have been you. But I'm working through that right now. It is my favorite of the Mario games. Oh, you almost said it. You uh, you said it before, too, and I I let let it slide. It's It's just how he says it. He goes, it's a me, Mario. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna swing it over to you for your update because you earned it. Okay, so the biggest update for me and why I want to be really good at karate is because we started watching Cobra Kai on Netflix and surprisingly fantastic. And Daniel Russo, I'm sorry, he's a jerk now. There, I said it. It's done. And wow, honestly. Thought he was kind of a jerk then, too. Mr. Miyagi was always trying to set him straight. Now he doesn't have Mr. Miyagi anymore. And the jerk side is a showing. But it's a fantastic show. I keep saying, man, I want certain characters. Because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. I keep wanting certain characters to do certain things. And I know that their plan is to make the original bad guy, Lawrence, is his name? Or Sensei Lawrence is what I'll call him now. Their goal is to make him good and probably become friends with Daniel Russo. And that's very obviously written on the walls, but they keep doing other things. And it's like, you ever watch one of those shows where all of their problems could have been solved and it wouldn't have, would have been 0% dramatic if they just like talked for six seconds? Well, Defending Jacob has shade of that. And again, don't spoil me, but like, it's one of those shows that, like the knife, as I right? watch it. Well, the knife... And it's just like every time they do like the wife, like the last episode I watched, this isn't a spoiler, but the last episode I watched there, you know, if you know anything about the show, you know that the son gets accused of murder and that's like the whole premise. And as a result, the son and the wife and the husband are like, you know, they're staying at home. The husband's on paid leave. And this wife decides the day after their garage door got spray painted, rotten hell murderer, I'm going to go for a run by myself to the park where my son was accused of committing a murder why would you do that why would you do that why would you do that why, like why would characters in the, on that show do half thing and this what makes it so fun to watch by the way is because you can say to the person you're watching with or to the tv if you're watching alone why would you do that why would, it doesn't make any sense for you to do that this anyways i hope that you watch cobra kai because this is like i can kind of understand that they like in that situation she wa- just wanted it to like clear her head and For me, going for a walk is how I do it, too. So I get that. But a lot of these fights are literally not necessary. And it's like, oh, let me talk to you for six seconds instead of just going, hey, dipshit. (laughs) Like, that's how all conversations open. And it's not like, like, you're adults, guys. Come on. And that's that's my one complaint. But otherwise, it's a solid show. It makes me want to take up karate. I'm super here for it. It's been two days since we started watching it, and we're already midway through season two. We are crushing it. <laughs> and season three is like on the way soon, right? Season three just released, actually. Just released. Okay. Yeah. Is Mr. Also, is Mr. Miyagi dead? 
Yeah. Like the character and the actor. Are they both dead? Yeah, yeah. the actor passed. Because I think in the first or second episode, they actually do a nice little tribute to him in passed the pre-credits. In 2005. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was an old dude, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the show looks interesting to me. I was never a big Karate Kid fan, but I also feel like you probably don't have to be. Did you ever it. do karate, little league, little kid karate as a kid? No, but my best friend did. I had a white belt with two yellow stripes on it. So I never, my best friend was really into it. I never really understood it. Never understood why he was so into it. It just seemed like a lot of work for not a lot of reward. But well, look, we're going to talk about karate in a bit because that's the quiz topic for today. So I'm going to stop talking about karate and, and tactic if you're, or if you're all set, we'll move to Nerd Bomber. But I don't know if I want to cut, I don't want to cut you short. I'm all set. All right. So for me, I watched a lot of Cobra Kai and I also started playing a new board game that I got, which is the next installation in the DC deck building game. It's called Dark Knight Metal, and it's really, really good. So I'm a big DC deck building game fan, and I think we own every single iteration of this game. And essentially, each iteration of the game, it either adds new starter hero character cards, which each have individual perks, or there's just new power-up sort of things. And this one's a little bit interesting because it allows you to have multiple hero character cards And that allows you to stack up multiple different perks to help you build your deck. And I think this is probably the most well-balanced version of the DC deck building game that we have played so far. And it is so much fun. We're really having a good time with it. Big fan. So I kind of want to expand on that. Each one of these character cards has abilities that give you your own perks to beat your opponent in this game. And... Typically, some are more overpowered than others, but the game mechanic in this installment allows your superhero that that you're playing as to get captured and you would get a different one at random. And so you get even so Aquaman, I find to be incredibly overpowered and I've I've gotten him twice now and beat Nerd Bomber twice now playing this game. But she had every opportunity to hit me with with what are called weaknesses to make my character get captured so that I don't have his ability anymore. She just wasn't, you know, skilled enough to get that make that oh, happen. Gosh. Wow. So so okay, just a couple clarifying questions. This is you're playing against each other. This is not you're playing against us. You're playing a against each or... other to capture more villains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually interesting <laughs> I forgot to mention another update for me. I started playing the Lord of the Rings legacy card game. Which I actually, I'm playing it solo against, like, you're playing against yourself, kind of. You're playing against scenarios with encounters in them that you build the deck to try and essentially quest your way through it. And it's similar, there's heroes with perks and certain things. It's captivating. So, I'm into the card games. I might have to get into this DC deck building game. I've also heard the Marvel game is really good for this. It seems like there's a lot of these card games around. See, Um, the Marvel game, we've played the Marvel game, and it was... It was good, but I think I like the DC deck building game a little bit more just because the setup and the playtime is a little bit, not that faster is necessarily better, but it's just, it's easier to set up. It's a little less convoluted, more straightforward. I would say it plays more like a classical deck building game than the Marvel version. The Marvel version just has a little bit more going on, which I mean, it's good. It differentiates itself from other deck building games, but I personally like, I just like to be able to pick up and get into a game pretty quickly without a lot of setup. Well, so I think the, the the reason I heard about the Marvel game and the reason I bought the Lord of the Rings game, I, I Hayes isn't into those, so I do those solo. And I don't think DC has a solo mode. I know Marvel does. Obviously, Lord of the Rings does. So that's kind of where I think I'm one from. you might be able to play solo, but I can't remember which iteration it is offhand. I, we've got like a stack of seven of these, so I'll have to look through the boxes because I know there's one that is that does have like a solo mode, but it's not the primary method of gameplay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop hijacking your update, but I just, I've been really into solo games a lot the past uh, few weeks. I'm going to have to talk about that more in depth next week when I don't jam my update with other stuff. But DC Deck Builder, right on. Yeah, so then the other thing I mentioned, I was reading a book, and the book that I actually just finished up is called The Space Between Worlds. And this is a sci-fi type fantasy book. It was actually one of the, the books listed, I believe, in like the Goodreads end of year nominations for the best books of 2020. And the 
I really enjoyed reading it. It was a really interesting idea talking about we we talk about like multiverses and stuff all the time with all of these different comic book and fictional universes out there. And this basically explored a multiverse. But what would happen if one of the worlds had developed a technology to go into other dimensions and other worlds and basically send people and kind of corporatize finding information. So they would go to other worlds and say like, oh, like the progression of a disease or the progression of specific like global warming or something like that. And they would be able to bring that data back and compare to see how the Earth Zero kind of thing compared to the rest of the universes out there. And but the only way that the people can traverse to different worlds is if they're dead on other worlds. So Mm. this book basically is told from the perspective of someone who is a traverser and jumps from world to world, but is not a native inhabitant of Earth Zero. The Earth Zero counterpart came to her world was a double, so got killed on entry, and then she took the technology and basically took over that life on Earth Zero. And it was a really interesting read. It gets really into different little like political alliances, and it it, it was a kind of like a thrilling. Sounds like season read. four of Mr. Robot, kinda. Mm, but no. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, immediately walks it back. Kinda. I'm just gonna say no. <laughs> you really go. You really burn through books, don't you? I read about like thirty books a year. So, uh, I would say usually the summertime is when I go through more books, but when I have like downtime around holidays, I'll churn through books a lot, but I I try to read at least two books a month and I'm really having to like the sci-fi fantasy genre, but I'll, I'll mix it up every now and then and get into like young adult books or just regular contemporary literature. Like the latest Frederick Bachman book was amazing, phenomenal anxious people you should read that i finished that i think in november 10 out of 10 great book are you telling anxious people to read it or the title is that's the title of the book and it is also about anxious people and i think anxious people would get something out of reading it because i am an anxious person and i definitely got a lot out of that book (laughs) well hey same so good good recommendation also uh the space between worlds is what you said it was called the other book yes cool right on so there's your slate of what we've been up to, which brings us to the quiz. And for the first time in what feels like decades, I am hosting this week. And wouldn't you know, Tactic, this is your chance if you want to be a, a karate master. Because the quiz this week is about karate. You said you want to be good at karate. So we're just going to dive right into this. I have five questions and one tiebreaker. All of them prices right style. You know the drill. Remember that we are keeping a record this year of who wins and who loses. So there's a lot on the line here first win on the line for one of you in 2021 so let's get right into it now tactic you were in the karate ecosystem so you might know some of the you might have an advantage i'm gonna therefore have you go first and just we're gonna start simple how many karate belts are there is a belt with stripes considered a new belt i'm pretty sure the answer is no i'm gonna have to count by my memory five okay nerd bomber I feel like there's more. I'm gonna say six. I know that's shady. I know but it's I'm, more. I know there is more. But. I'm gonna I'm gonna say six because you know what? You know what Cobra Kai taught me? First season at least, no mercy. Strike yeah, but first. also have I honor. No, that was season two. So relax. I stroke stroke first. See, this is we're getting into controversy right here, right away. So first of all, Nerd Bomber is is gets the point. It's actually six, according to what I have in front of me. Oh snap! Do you have the colors? But I wanted to see if I. I do. I'm gonna. Correctly. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I think I was missing orange. I, I let, have, me, let me read what I had. White. Okay. Brown. Black. Red. Yellow. You subbed. There is no red belt that I can see. So here's. There's a very scientific way I got this answer. I googled how many karate belts are there. First result: six belts. White belt, orange belt, blue belt, yellow belt, green belt, brown belt, and black belt. Which wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's seven belts. (laughs) It literally, it's so funny. Everyone Google this at home because if you Google how many karate belts are there, it says six belts and then it lists seven colors. Either way, Nirvana gets the point. But I also, it's funny you mentioned, I remember a purple belt. Again, because I had a best friend who did it. I Either wonder way, if there's each dojo five. is different. Like, I well, there's, wonder if there's, there's got to be like a national or international standard, but I, I wonder if each dojo is different. Because like, hear me out. And I don't, maybe like the karate dojos of the world are going to come down on me. But at the end of the day, it's a business, correct? And if you stop progressing 
why would you continue getting lessons? You know, like people go to lessons and stuff because they want to grow and continue to learn. And if they make more belt colors, even if it's not by international karate standards, if an individual lesson place or dojo has more colors than the international standard, then they can more slowly increment people and keep them coming back because it's a businessman. Yeah. So, so just again, just kind of clicking around on Google, what I can tell you for sure is that there's more than five, which then therefore, since Nerbomber took kind of the, the jerk way out, she does get the point and also saves us from controversy. This is very interesting though. Uh, we're going to move on to the next question, hopefully, which will be less controversial. When did karate become an Olympic sport? What year is what I'm looking for? And Nerbomber will go first. I don't even know how long the Olympics have been around. I feel like it's been a while and I, I don't even know. Um, I think I'm going to go with 1950, but that could be totally off base. I really have no idea. I'm going to go 1920. Okay. <laughs> this was a bit of a trick, guys. Nerbomber gets the point simply because she is closest to the correct answer, which is 2021. This is going to be the first year that karate is an Olympic sport. Really? It was actually going to be 2020, but, you know, of course, since the Olympics got pushed back to 2021, karate will become an Olympic sport in 2021. Up until then, it was not. So, so you're telling me... I said 2020. You said 1920. <laughs> oh, see. You're you telling me that table dick. tennis is an Olympic sport before karate. karate. That's crazy. Absolutely correct. So, yeah, that's something. Go uh, watch that. We're going to watch that. It's going to be interesting to watch without a doubt now in karate i think in all forms of karate but at least in the most popular form there are things and i'm, I'm gonna try to pronounce all these things correct called katas which tactic you might remember this you, you took karate for a time a kata is a series of standardized movements or forms that karate students use in order to practice offensive and defensive techniques without a partner how many katas are there specifically shotokan katas i thought there were, that there were seven basic katas Okay, so you remember the term katas. But I don't know if they're like numbers and those seven were the foundation of the other ones. So I'm just going to go with seven. Okay, no bummer. I swear if you say eight, I will cut you. <laughs> no mercy. Eight. <laughs> There's no okay. rules when it comes to trivia. Fun. There is no point in doing that because there are 26 in Shotokan karate. So no bummer gets the point again, which means she wins. She kind of did you dirty there with the, with guessing eight, but she could have guessed double you and still would have gotten it right. So did I get a clean sweep here? Well, there's two questions left. You can go for the clean sweep, but okay. uh, so so far you are clean sweeping him. Yes. These next two questions I'm particularly excited about. So I'm looking forward to, to these. We all know what a dojo is. I don't have to explain that term. It's a it's a karate institution. How many dojos are there in America, according to the very real site dojoinfo.com? <laughs> Sorry, no, dojos.info is actually what this... Dojos.info would never lie. And I'm going to say 3,200 dojos across the United States. I feel like there were probably more in like the 80s and the 90s. Oh, there's but way more than 3,200. No, but I'm going to say that there's been hard times lately and some of them closed. And I'm not just saying like in the last year, but I'm 3, like... 3,300. This is based on tw on 2014 data. Okay. But I mean, even still, like, I feel like karate was super mainstream in like the 80s and 90s. And then it kind of 30, scaled back a little bit. Okay. Tactic gets the point. Clean sweep is dead. There are 21,128 martial arts schools there in the United it. States. No, remember, there's 1,400. Like a charity. There's almost 1,400 in Texas alone. There are over 1,400 in New York. You know uh, what? I guess so I right just, there, you're closing in on. <laughs> I figure there would be like maybe like one or two in each city or something like that. I don't know, man. There are there are two thousand six hundred and forty three in California. Okay, and well, sixteen hundred in Florida. I can keep. I'm, I'm really enjoying saying these numbers to you. Uh, there's a lot of dojos in this country. Go, I go was, I was clearly very wrong. <laughs> so, so sorry. The clean sweep is dead. We're gonna finish out anyways because I love this last question. The highest grossing martial arts movie, according to Hollywood Reporter. Uh, one of my favorite movies ever, by the way. Rush Hour 2. If you haven't seen Rush Hour 2 and Rush Hour 1, for what it's worth, they're really, really great. Highest grossing martial arts movie ever. What was its domestic box office gross? $375 million. Can I do a thing just to get his knickers in a knot? Can I Can I please? I mean, look. You're you. You're going to do you, but <laughs> you're going to... I'll allow it. So you said... What did he say? 
I'm not telling you. Don't tell her. Aliga, what did he Don't say? Tell her. I have she a right to know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. Also, I was wrong. It's not domestic. It's worldwide. But either way. I feel like it was like 370 something. So I'm going to say 380. Okay. You both busted. Nice try, Nerdbounder, but it was 347.3 million. I should have gone one dollar. I was close. To make so much more money I was closer. Can we play game. the I was closer so I get the point? Sure. This makes you feel better. Yeah. So no clean sweeps, uh, but Nerdbomber does get the point. The For what it's worth, the tiebreaker, I won't ask it. I will just tell you. The, the star of Rush Hour 2, of course, Jackie Chan. How old is he now? He's actually 66 years old, potentially aging out of the karate. Uh, but maybe you never Miyagi Maybe it's old. all within. Yeah. Who knows? Either way, congratulations to Nerd Bomber. I'm going to note this in my very official quiz tracker note. She is 1-0, folks. Yeah, but she didn't win with honor. Now that slide... So, Tactic, you played against me last week, so that slides you to 0-2. You better pick um, up the pace, Tactic, you know? Okay, You're going to have to do something by the end of this year. Something is still up in the air, but you're going to have to do it. Oh, are we talking? Tactic. I didn't think we were Tactic, talking. I, I did <laughs> play... I, I, I played you last week, right? I'm not yeah. making that up. Yeah, you swept him. Yeah. I gave him the last one because I didn't know there was going to be bonus points for the sweep. It wasn't a bonus point. It's like a tiebreaker point. This is, this is straight up collusion. It's fine. I see how you guys are going to be. We're just noting it for the record. But uh, you're 0-2. You better get it together. Next week, Norbomber will host the quiz again. And uh, next week, we will have some more content for you if you are so inclined to show up. We thank you so much for being here. Uh, of course, go on, go on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. Hit us up on the Twitter sphere. Handles have already been mentioned. Let us know how life is in your neck of the woods. And thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next week.